Hey everybody, it's JDB. I'm not going to be on this episode of Struggle Session, but I wanted to tell you about a cool new thing we're starting in our Discord. We're doing 31 Days of Horror, so come on in and chat with us. We've got a bunch of movies we'll be talking about both on the podcast and in game streams that we're going to be doing in the future. So uh, that should be pretty fun. All right, enjoy the episode, and uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. It's another episode uh, of the struggle session. Uh, 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 I'm Jack Allison, um, joined as always by Leslie Lee the Third, um, and JDB can't be here today because uh, of uh, I, some personal stuff. I mean, right? That's that's what we should say, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we should say it's a uh, you know his cat's very ill right now, and you know our thoughts are with JDB. I know uh, you know, all the thoughts of the struggle boys and struggle girls are uh with him too and so he'll be back soon he'll be back uh stronger than ever you know he, he just needs a little bit of uh personal time right now yeah um so anyway uh let's get into the fun stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but as a substitute for jdb we yeah. have a really great guy on our show today his name is alex patak uh did i pronounce that right you did you nailed it Right, wow! Awesome, awesome, and just welcome, uh, Alex. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. It is my pleasure. Yeah, so Alex is the host of a um, what? What the name of the show is? Uh, Left Chest. The reason why this is confusing is because I looked at your website and I think you have like nineteen podcasts going right yeah. now. <laughs> um, uh, I try uh, to keep a lot of balls in the air. That way, I'm guaranteed <laughs> not to catch any of the balls. <laughs> um, yeah, the juggler uh, approach. Well, I mean, look, but uh, uh, he does. You're doing Left Jest, which is a sort of like you know comedy leftist podcast, uh, uh, and you're also doing a Dragon Ball. The Dragon, what is that one called? Dragon Ball Super or something? Balling out super. It's balling out super. Balling out super. Uh, uh, I wanted to make sure there was as little overlap with the two podcasts as you could possibly get. Well, uh, you have found the center of your Venn diagram in me, sir. Uh, uh, as someone this is who a dream come true, those are the, those are the only two things that I care about. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'd say uh, uh, as well. But thank you, thanks for coming on uh, on the show today, uh, uh, and we're glad to have you here. You know, I had a big chicken parmesan, and I'm ready to cast. Oh, awesome, are. awesome. So, uh, uh, so tell us about yourself, uh, if uh, in case our audience isn't familiar with you, like. You got you got a lot of shit going on. Like your website is very like legit and professional, and you do a lot of funny, funny, good stuff. So just tell uh, tell if they if people aren't familiar with your work, can you uh, tell give your pitch? Okay, well I'm gonna focus on the podcast part. I think I think that's the way to go about it. But uh, you know I'm gonna oh, no, pitch your life. Pitch why should yeah. people care about you? <laughs> like yeah. who is Alice Patel? Tell us tell us why you're a good person. <laughs> uh every day you gotta wake up and just uh drink a big glass of hustle and that's what i aim to do in the streets of new york uh i got uh i do stand-up comedy most of the time that's my regular thing i have a rotation of day jobs i am fired from and find new ones <laughs> uh, <laughs> what kind I, of day jobs do you do what, what kind of jobs do you do so in the last month or two i've been paing uh, which is not good for stand-up comedy, I will say. <laughs> Why is that? Because uh, they're like 14-hour days that right. go into the night when right. you would be doing jokes. <laughs> and most of those and most of the 14-hour days are uh, uh, just sitting around, right? Like PA shit is just sitting around on set for, the, for most of the day, right? Oh, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> 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 that was what brought me to the field. <laughs> uh yeah but it's always changing i've done like a bunch of it stuff and i do a bunch of like i moved furniture for a month and then was fired for annoying a bunch of alcoholics in the truck every morning <laughs> how what do you mean how do you mean you annoyed them <laughs> so this is like when i was straight out of college i just started staying up and um 
So your call time for go to get furniture or whatever is like, what, 4.30 in the morning, 5 in the morning? Everyone else who's moving furniture in New York City is either an artist or just a barely functioning alcoholic. Sure. Or somewhere in between. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's such a beautiful hybrid that you get to see in the truck. And boy, do they not want to talk about that with you at five in the morning. So so, so was your form of being annoying being like, hey, man, like, I think you maybe need to get some help. (laughs) I wish it was that. Or were you workshopping at 5 a.m.? Oh, you know I was workshopping. I'm running bits. I'm asking about their day. I've got a great future. That's that hustle you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, And then we get around to the furniture, and I'm like, so what are we moving? (laughs) Just like barely helpful. (laughs) How do you like living in Brooklyn? Uh, I love it, dude. It's, um, it's, there's 5 million comedians here, and you can really trap yourself in a bubble of only knowing ironic people in such a special well, there's, way. There's, that, that never happens in Los Angeles, so uh, uh, that's completely foreign to me. That's so great to hear. <laughs> I look forward to moving there. <laughs> so, Alex, uh, tell us about so Left Jest. What's up with that? So, Left Jest... Every group of, uh, if you take any group of 10 comedians, four of them are running a podcast, and (laughs) we decided to take that pattern and just focus entirely on left politics, Uh, Mm -hmm. big fans of Chapo, so it's like a talk radio show, most of our guests are stand-up comedians, we get on media figures, activists, I think tomorrow we're recording with Kate Evans, who's an author, and that's exciting. Uh, Jack Smith Four from Mike.com does the show a lot because he's just a friend of mine. But oh, he's, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's yeah, like he's the most great. exciting person to follow on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's got great videos of uh, Proud Boys hazing each other in by uh, counting cereal brands <laughs> while they give each other a beat down. Like I, I saw that video he posted, and I made a comment. I was like, "Wait a minute, you're a white supremacist, but you basically still like beat downs from like black and uh, Hispanic uh, gangs. Like, how does that make sense? Like, shouldn't you be doing some kind of Norse bullshit or whatever?" It's a twist on a classic. So you take the beat down we all love, and you're like, "Hey, we're fun. We're doing serials. People are gonna like us on 4chan." <laughs> um okay so tell us about your other podcast the balling out super okay so left jest is like uh we try to keep it fun uh but it does get serious sometimes because it's politics whereas balling out super is entirely me and my friends watching a child's cartoon dragon ball super and then really brutally criticizing it uh that's that's more serious more serious actually yeah yeah it's uh taken Taken with a, a grain of salt, uh, we try to summarize the episode every week, and I don't think we like really succeed a lot of the time because it makes no sense. <laughs> well, I, I guess I would say that you know this this might run contrary to what you would expect, but uh, I listened to both podcasts and uh, I was extremely offended um, by the Dragon Ball one because you guys don't give enough respect to the rich uh, uh, tapestry of the Dragon Ball universe. Uh, and frankly, you you get some things wrong there. So uh, uh, I'm pretty furious with you. I am open to discussion about this, but I've been pretty upset since they shot Goku with a gun. And that killed him. <laughs> All right, that's fair. <laughs> I feel like you're much more likely to get, like, you know, hate mail about from the Dragon Ball Z fans than you are like people upset about, you know, your radical politics, which is very strange. I am kind of terrified about getting hate mail about the politics, and I am begging for hate mail about Dragon Ball Super. So <laughs> <laughs> we ask for it every week. <laughs> um well okay let's talk a little bit about this video that you know is tearing up the entire internet we all know it we all love it uh you know morgan freeman has come out and we are Um, finally sorry sir um president morgan freeman (laughs) right Uh, uh, office our two-earringed president uh, took took the uh, took the de- took the resolute desk to say that we are finally going to investigate Russia. Imagine this movie script: a former KGB spy 
angry at the collapse of his motherland, plots a course for revenge. Taking advantage of the chaos, he works his way up through the ranks of a post-Soviet Russia and becomes president. He establishes an authoritarian regime, then he sets his sights on his sworn enemy, the United States. And like the true KGB spy he is, he secretly uses cyber warfare to attack democracies around the world. Using social media to spread propaganda and false information, he convinces people in democratic societies to distrust their media, their political processes, even their neighbors. And he wins. Vladimir Putin is that spy, and this is no movie script. What do you guys think of this video? Important. Is the <laughs> Profound. You have to speak out. You think important offices like the guy in Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> uh, um, to me, it, it like it struck the same tone and seriousness as like an advertisement for uh, like a hair loss pill. And <laughs> <laughs> that it was incredibly severe. You mean like they could not uh, be mean, more serious? Well, I mean, legitimately, like, you know, it's Morgan Freeman over, like, sort of a, a splotchy background. Like, he might as well just be talking about, like, he's talking about Russia the way that they would talk about, like, erection medication or something like that. <laughs> he's very slowly delivering lines the whole time, really letting you take in just, like, I just found out about Vladimir Putin. He, he tells us, he's, he's basically explaining, you know, Vladimir Putin's rise to power. Uh, we're seeing it in the same way that, that we saw, like, the March of the Penguins. <laughs> like we're just seeing like archival footage under Morgan Freeman's voice. This is really the march of the Putin, is what it is. Like it, it, I don't understand the purpose of this because it seems like they made this video specifically for Donald Trump to watch it. Right? <laughs> like it's, a, it's not like we need to do something to take down this president who's been put into office by Putin, he's like, no, we need the president to speak out on this and take the fight to Putin. And it's like they hired the guy that Donald Trump probably respects the most, which is who is probably Morgan Freeman, because he's an old, wizened black man who's played both the president and God. So I think they just made this video for Trump and they just happened to show it to the rest of us. I bet you if Morgan Freeman told Trump that he was actually God, Trump would be like, oh, sure, of course. Well, nice to meet you, God. <laughs> and then he would brag about me. He would brag about meeting God and tell everyone, yeah, my guy, great guy, great guy. God like he, he, he loves gave me. God he loves me. Yeah. Confirms what a lot of evangelicals have been saying. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say that uh, uh, I like that this video was so important to Morgan Freeman that he, uh, he would refuse to take off both of his earrings while filming it. Uh, uh, I guess that's something you know, does when he's like getting paid to be in a movie uh, but this is this is to i guess drive you know views or is a call to action for the new very important committee to investigate russia that was uh, founded by uh, david from iraq war architect and rob reiner um fat comedy guy <laughs> <laughs> two of the biggest uh, names in the scene who who's about to get on board with the uh don't trust Russia train like needs to see this video now. Like they've been waiting <laughs> for Morgan Freeman to say something. Right. Yeah. Who, uh, uh, who does not believe this already is watching this entire video. It's got a lot of important footage, I guess, you know, if you like never knew what Vladimir Putin looked like and you were like, mm, I see he's bald, I hate it. Yeah, this is like one of those like shitty like now this videos that like tries to explain the like crisis in Yemen in like 45 seconds. <laughs> Except it has the gravitas of Morgan Freeman behind it. Yeah, like if uh, all those shitty yeah. videos had Morgan Freeman narrating them, you would take them a lot more seriously. Yeah, like you yeah. would want to do something about Yemen. Right now, I do not. I do not at all. <laughs> and by do something, of course, that means to support, um, uh, to do whatever war criminal David Frum would like you to do about right. um, thing. Like it needs to be said that David Frum should be in the Hague. Like, but I mean, he, yeah, David Frum should be executed. <laughs> I mean, he should. Uh, uh, David Frum is a war criminal, and I think it's very funny that like he's just rope-a-doped uh, Rob Reiner into his like latest starting a new war scheme. 
Yeah, it, that's the that that is the second scary part, right? That one is aimed directly at Trump. Two, the premise is not like investigate and arrest people. It seems or like just get to the bottom of it. the premise seems to be okay now start a war with russia yeah. basically no the, the the whole like yeah the whole core of it seems to be like putin took power in a way that's not appropriate so he needs to go and i'm like uh does putin really need to go because the election was uh like was close enough that he was able to like swing it by like spending a thousand dollars on facebook ads you know what <laughs> russia needs uh that continent that's i mean that country that spans two continents it's probably more instability yeah, <laughs> I think that's I mean, exactly what we want, and I, and I certainly want more acrimony between our countries. Uh, uh, this is this has worked out really well so far, um, and yeah, I, I'm very happy that we're at each other's throats because uh, Hillary Clinton uh, didn't want to campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like he was that's... working on a book. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why, like the whole Russia thing, like it's obvious. We have the emails that basically say that, like this whole like blame russia thing was concocted in order to you know deflect blame from hillary clinton but it's taking a life of its own when people like david Frum and morgan freeman are on board with it too and it's like it this is so cynical and disgusting and like people it's we're getting to the point where like people are actually going to die like a lot of people might actually die because of that's so true I mean, yeah, it's like we we like these guys are now sort of like recklessly uh, uh, head, like gearing us toward having a war because they don't want to admit that they were wrong in an argument like 19 months ago. You know, I'm like a little young, but it does feel like we've been pushing for war every year I've been alive. So I just feel kind of unshaken by the whole thing. A fun angle to think about, though, is you get to see how whipped up our media class gets when they reach out for, like, new and exciting actors to tell Trump he's like, he's fired now. But uh, (laughs) on the opposite side of this, in the escalating world powers tension scale, I've heard, like, in Russia, the media is just as whipped up, but in, like, fun and exotic ways we can't even appreciate. I mean, yeah, like their TV is better, just like how British comedy is better. Like everybody says, like Russian news is better. (laughs) It's because they'll still do drag and we've hidden away. It's true. Um, So so, like uh, that was that is one thing like I noticed like living in Japan, like every like I wouldn't pay attention to U.S. news like every day, but I would get it like every three months. And every three months, it was us ramping up for war with a different country. It was like <laughs> Libya, Korea, Yemen, Korea, uh, not, not uh, North Korea again. And and it just, when you live in a country who, uh, in Japan, right, they don't have a external military. They have a, the self-defense force, which is now it was before legally bound to not you know do anything outside the country so it's really strange to be in a country that is where the preeminent question isn't always who do we bomb next right <laughs> like japan like japan brazil you know germ uh well i guess jeremy doesn't bother me but like most of the countries in the world do not spend like 30% of their news cycle ramping up, you know, which country they're going to threaten to demolish into oblivion next. But the United States does. And Americans don't only seem to notice it when the person in power isn't of, isn't, uh, isn't, uh, of their party. Doesn't Japan have like a scary right wing government right now, though? E- Yes, yeah, it does. It, uh, yeah, yeah. So and, also, and also, and also, kind of scarily, they are like th- this thing that you just said about the army, Leslie, is I think now coming to an end. They yes, are going to yes. like have an army. At the urging of the United States, including Obama, like Obama was really pushing for them to like be able to join in our foreign engagements and, you know, help us destroy brown people, you know, like, yeah. like uh, together, you know, uh, like take. Which, which, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I'm like I'm against all wars, or whatever, and, and everything. And I, I, I normally would totally stand against this push by uh, America to try to get uh, Japan to mount an army. But in this specific case, I'm okay with it because I think it will lead to real life mechs existing. Yes, this uh. is just what I was about to say. <laughs> how mad it was a long be, runway. <laughs> how mad could you be at obliteration at the hands of a Gundam? Really. <laughs> <laughs> 
it also means that we're just like a hair's breadth away from the thing that happens in every mech show where they use the moon as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. how I want to go, I think. Yeah, and Brianna Wu has already foreseen this, actually. So, you know, we need to watch out. Like, we just need to make it to the moon first. And- <laughs> yeah, people keep back talking- to the moon. Get teens involved. People keep talking about, like, nuclear war, which is so short-sighted. I'm ready to die being crushed to death by the moon by an Evangelion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, so so from um, from Morgan Freeman to Evangelion, uh, are we going to investigate Russia? What do we think, guys? I think nothing comes out of this except, you know, the president is down like, no, uh, uh, the White House has fallen like three. Right. But this time it will be like the Russians take us down instead of like, you know, angry British people or something. I think with the amount Morgan Freeman is talking about Russia, uh, several prominent talent agencies will now take interest in Russia. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we can. Yeah, maybe if we just get no one to work with them in Hollywood, uh, maybe, we, maybe we can do like CAA sanctions on uh, Russia. Just start unfounded rumors. Nobody can quite disprove. <laughs> we need to put Nikki Fink on the case. Uh, you know, with the issues that Morgan Freeman has had with um, being in car crashes with younger women who are not his wife, um, I think uh Putin probably has some compromise on him, so he might want to be careful. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of this, and I am devastated. Leslie, Leslie is the committee to investigate Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um yeah, we're probably going to end up in nuclear war with Russia because um Hillary Clinton didn't go to Wisconsin. What can you do? <laughs> hey, what are you gonna do? It's such a strange way this panned out because I remember her in the primary when they were talking about being tough on foreign policy and uh, the no-fly zone and stuff. And every time she talked, I was like, oh, no, if she's elected, we'll go to war with Russia. Remember remember when when, when, uh, Trump launched all the Tomahawk missiles or whatever over cake? Uh, uh, Just earlier that morning, uh, Hillary was saying, like, what I would do is bomb Syria. So she said that's what she would have done. Then that's what he did. So what the fuck was the choice, really? I guess, you know, let's go with the guy who at least uh, uh, undermines the entire concept of the presidency irreparably um, so that that institution doesn't matter. I think it's great. Yeah, I like our big, fat, stupid uh, – uh, I'm not going to say any of the words that I was going to say. <laughs> I'm so excited to read the news. I will say that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that thing I – I will say the Emmys tweet yesterday or was that – I think it was today or yesterday – did make me laugh a lot. I like I like the I like this new more presidential Trump and his like shit tweets where he's like I was very saddened to see that the Emmy ratings were so low. Very very <laughs> sad. <laughs> That's some good shade right there, yo. <laughs> I mean, I like that shit actually and I and I'm kind of like he's right. The Emmy ratings were very very low. We need to invest in American jobs like the Emmys. <laughs> All right, so well, the so did you guys catch any of that Lovecraftian hell that was the Emmys? Um, I my wife is watching in the background, and and she's like big in the TV, big into the war shows and stuff, and even she got sick of watching Hollywood pack its, pat itself on the back for how diverse and woke it is. It's like four hours of millionaires celebrating how you know awesome politically awesome they are while they invited you know Sean Spicer to open up the show. Right. You mean this I mean, terrible chauvinistic like self dick sucking event finally got low ratings? This what a tragedy. <laughs> hey, that's not really fair. That's not fair to say. It's been getting low ratings for many many years. No one gives a fuck about this show. Um no, I didn't watch it at all. Uh, um and I'm going to be honest that uh it's cuz I I'm pissed off that I didn't get nominated for the show I was eligible for. <laughs> I didn't fucking want to watch it. Um one thing that was really annoying me, to be honest with you, uh, uh, was there was this SNL writer um, who, like, 
flew in from New York for the Emmys, and I guess like somebody took his suit or something like that in the plane, and oh, so he no. did this whole like Twitter campaign about like find me a new suit or whatever, and like took a picture in his friend's suit, and it was like a whole like little campaign you know event thing or whatever, and I'm like. You're a fucking SNL writer. You're nominated for an Emmy. Like, go to the men's warehouse. Like, I don't know. What, what the fuck? Like, shut up. The like, gift bag like, has a suit. Open the yeah. gift bag. <laughs> like, I, these, these are problems that I don't care about. I, I don't care about the trials and travails of uh, this fucking guy getting a suit so that he can go to the Emmys. Um, do better. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Please improve. Uh, I, I unfortunately, I am sad to say, uh, missed a lot of the fun at the Emmys, uh, the glitz, the glamour. Um, but I did tune into Twitter the day after to hear all about Sean Spicer and uh, yeah. how I mean, it's look, sad that is, he won an award. <laughs> it is dog shit. It is like dog shit that they brought out Sean Spicer. Like, you know, I, uh, uh, I do think that like, you know, I want to frame that picture of James Corden kissing Sean Spicer on the cheek. Like, I actually think that they should blow that picture up and replace the Hollywood sign with the picture of James Corden kissing Sean Spicer on the cheek. Uh, um, Just so we can realize how truly normal all of this is and always has been. Yeah, I've always wondered what if they took the Hollywood sign and replaced it with a billboard that just said, don't trust rich liberals because it's a (laughs) war situation. Yeah, like a couple of people were tweeting like, oh, my God, like, wh- how can they do this? Like, um, but it was liberals who were doing it. I'm like, it left us no, because we actually have a memory longer than six months. Remember that, you know, people like David Frum and Condoleezza Rice and George W. Bush and all these uh, fucking Dick Cheney is still alive somehow for some reason. If, uh, so all these people have been rehabilitated. They're allowed to go and lecture at Harvard or start their think uh, think tanks or start their podcast. And like it, it's really uh, like uh, John Favreau from um, Pod Save America. He was pissed off. He was like, "Why? Well, how can you know you let somebody from this administration, you know, walk around and do this and do that?" Well, apologize. I'm like. Motherfucker, you work for Obama, who bombed, you know, five countries. You know, like, your your hands are no cleaner than Sean Spicer's, and you get to have your little podcast. So, I don't know. You should probably take a step back uh, and not, you know, put yourself out there. It raises a very serious question, though, which is, does Dick Cheney have a podcast? (laughs) <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's doing one where he's watching all of Sex in the City, and it's like it's like a boys watching Sex in the City thing. <laughs> Every week he's just like, I don't get it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the soapbox my co-host on Left Chest has been on all week, which I think is extremely important, is that the Sean Spicer thing is awful and unforgivable, and like if you're a cynical person, this validates everything you think. But also, yes. Henry. <laughs> Kissinger has been doing this for decades. Yeah. And he will never die. (laughs) He's always the advisor to the Democratic nominee. He's made out of like foam or something. And he's like (laughs) dating celebrities still at 80. The the secret the secret to uh, uh to looking that good at such an old age why it's the souls of Vietnamese children <laughs> yeah like you know com- this complete you know disgusting human being mass murderer probably the most is he the most evil person that ever lived like like I, I, I mean look I say on Twitter like he's actually responsible for more deaths than like Hitler possibly so I I haven't crunched the numbers on this but it seems like it could be possible. I mean, evil is so is so subjective, but I will say that whether through direct action and on purpose or whether by accident, he's responsible for almost everything that's wrong geopolitically in the world. Uh, So I guess uh, I don't know. Yeah, currently in the world, Uh, uh, almost every single thing that's wrong can be tied back to Henry Kissinger, the architect. Uh, he is also the only one, war criminal with fun names like the Christmas bombing, <laughs> which I think gives him a special joie de vivre. We can yeah, all no, he, he was he was really good at branding, you know, even before Trump. That's uh, it. He's the branding guy. Yeah, he's the branding guy. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, uh, when you're talking about John Favreau and Sean Spicer coming out at the Emmys and all this kind of stuff, uh, I actually think that I'm like, 
I don't think that whether we agree with these people or not, they should be taking part in our stupid fucking entertainment ceremonies. Like, I didn't think it was, like, cool or whatever when, like, Michelle Obama gave, like, the Best Actor Award at the Oscars or some shit. Like, and I certainly didn't think it was that cool when Obama was using, like, a selfie stick on BuzzFeed. Like, if we're talking about, you know, uh, uh, media sort of being complacent and being in bed with these people, like, we should also, too, you know, recognize that uh, the Obama administration did a lot for sort of making the presidency a stupid or thing yeah he was the first celebrity president it wasn't trump it was yeah. obama like we need to have like a, like a separation of like entertainment and politics like there needs to be a wall like that should be one of the amendments too it's like because yes. when you combine the two you get shit like senator kid rock president donald <laughs> trump and like and let me tell you you will get senator kid rock mark it down right here i'm canvassing for him right now <laughs> um, um, that should be written into the executive branch, I think. That's the specific limiting factor they need. Yeah, like, two terms, and you can't go on comedians and cars getting coffee. This isn't your moment. This is the moment for the fat kid from Modern Family. Yeah, uh, maybe we should just make a rule that like all politicians have to be hideously ugly, like too ugly to be on TV, and that would be the easiest way, oh, wait, shit, that would not... Eliminate Kid Rock. Okay, I okay. Eliminate Kid Rock. <laughs> the Elephant Man Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kid Rock's charm. Is he's not like classically handsome, but he did like throw an empty beer can at your wife. <laughs> In the crowd, become anonymous. A nobody spitting, destined for prominence. And you can smell it, feel it in the air, it's ominous. So I assume the position, assert my dominance, and stand tall like a monolithic monument. An obelisk erected a tower above metropolis. This is the land of giant monsters and megazords. Spit a show you can with every metaphor. Rob the neon showers from this nightscape. Mike receiver levels rise until the needle breaks. This is the land of punctuality. I'm on time and on point for that salary. Will you condition to listen and never speak your mind? Always keep your nose and head up in the stone to grind. I find refuge in these beats and I transform into my childhood heroes and then advance forward. Yeah, architect. The felt. Speaking of uh, white guys who think they can say the N-word, which Kid Rock did, uh, we need to talk a little bit about PewDiePie. Uh, PewDiePie, I should say. Uh, as gamer American, yeah, right. he is, you know, one of our former... Uh, as, well, he's not an American, but, you know, as, game, as, uh, <laughs> as gamers, he's one of our foremost representatives in the world. And he, he's our elected representative based on... <laughs> YouTube likes, which is how you vote. Yes, that is that is that, that that's another one of the amendments we're going to be putting in very soon. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So so PewDiePie, uh, undeniably a superstar, a, a, a unique talent. Very um, handsome. Slips up once in a heated gaming moment, and now everyone's jumping down his throat. Yeah, it's so unfair. It's so unfair. Leave PewDiePie alone, guys. He's no, no fuck that. Like, <laughs> what he, it wasn't even just that he said the N word. It was like the way right. he said it was like so like casual. It's like he says it all the time, and like this is a man who was recorded for a lot of his life. So I have to figure that like. In whenever he's off camera, the only thing he says is the N word. Like he doesn't have time for anything else if he can say it that like casually. <laughs> I love I mean, how effortless it was for him too. Like, oh, don't worry, I only said the N word the most racistly I could. Like, <laughs> so you know, it came from a real place. <laughs> yeah, like I, I only said it in a way that made it very clear that this was coming from my gut and uh, from hate in my heart. <laughs> Something I'm thinking about constantly. Yeah. I mean, fuck PewDiePie. And you know what? Like, uh, I, I'm not against, like, I, I think that, like, a lot of adults will get into this, like, you know, how, why do people watch other people playing video games? And 
I kind of th- I kind of get it now or whatever, but uh Pootie Pie is like the son of like I think like a Swedish businessman or something like that. He's not like a self-made person. He's like a rich kid who was like only able to do this because he was a rich kid. Fuck him. Well, I, I don't know. Like, the first guy who could afford Yeah, like, he was like the first guy who could afford all the equipment and not have a job where he you, you know where he, he would have to stop playing games. Like he he's not talented. There's nothing special about him. He was just there first. Yeah. He does, does he do voices? Is that his? He thing? just he, he just kind of vaguely does like a South Parky sounding voice. Like it's like ew, that PewDiePie is here. It's PewDiePie or whatever. Love Please it. cut that out. Cut that out, uh, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, I, I, I do think it's funny that it's like I, I'm starting to think now that. Every ironic Nazi is just a real Nazi. I don't think that there is any, like, like all these guys who, like, even if you asked me a year ago, I'd be like, ah, Pootie Pie, he's just one of these idiots that likes the fucking Pepe Frog too much. But now as we get, like, further and further into it, I'm like, these guys just all are fucking actual Nazis. I mean, he's only a Nazi in the way where he believes all the things Nazis believes and wants to support <laughs> them openly. And, and is, like, a, a perfect specimen of the Aryan race. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is constantly in Super Saiyan shape, straight uh, uh, up. A world of, of perfect Aryans uh, all gaming away in their bedrooms, I think, is the future that Hitler envisioned. <laughs> uh, Lebensraum was the original mom get out of my mo- room type thing. Uh, did you guys see the apology video? Because it's good. No, I didn't see it. Is it, uh, is it's it actually- juicy. Okay, so when when I was talking to some whoever I was emailing with told me to go check out PewDiePie's video. I was like, gotta I gotta go watch this racist video game commentator. Um, it went to it wasn't the direct video. It was like this uh, other YouTube commentator who's like a black guy who uh, reviews stuff with his dad, who's an old man. It was him showing his dad the video. And, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> It's it's very funny because his dad's like I know PewDiePie and he's he seems like he's a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this dad sounds like too nice to be honest with you. He goes on a rant that's like we got to find new ways to curse, you know, just uh, <laughs> just say something else. So we can all get I, along. To be honest with you, this guy sounds like a nice guy, but I don't think the problem here is you know availability of curse words. <laughs> <laughs> Because the way he used it is like a non-traditional way. Like it's a, like he took out another curse word, like asshole, jerk, dickhead, and put in uh, nigger. Right. Like he put that there. Like yes. you don't usually use it in that context. It's like he wants more in words. He like he's he's trying to expand the use of the language. And you know, like rappers have done a lot for it, but I don't think this is your lane, Pootie Pie. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, like, didn't Pootie Pie, like, get in trouble not too long ago for, like, paying Croatians to make a video that say, says, like, Jews should die or some shit like that? Yeah, anyone could do that. That could have been anyone. <laughs> at, at this point, at this point, honestly, I think that, like, Pootie Pie is just testing the waters to, like, fully just become, like, the gamer Nazi. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's just like testing a little bit here and there, seeing if he loses his fan base. And like within a year or two, he'll just like outright be like, you know, saying we need to like further the aims of the white race while playing like Civ five. And he also did it while he's playing a shooting game, shooting at a white guy, which is also, (laughs) (laughs) which is just confused. It's just confused. You just wanted to say this. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I got distracted for his apology videos. He comes up and he does like essentially something you might see from like a, a football player who finds out he hit his kids or something. He goes up and he's like, <laughs> uh, I was wrong. You know, I, I I failed my fans. I know a lot of people believe in me as PewDiePie, the, the spokesman for the white race. And uh, I'm going to do better. <laughs> Because I'm the best. I'm the best as ever been. <laughs> it like takes a positive turn at the end. It's like, and I'll make other mistakes, but we're going all the way to E3. <laughs> it's exciting. Check- 
Oh, sorry. Go like, ahead. It just—it's just funny. Like, like when you say, like, what is his end goal? What is his game? Like, why does this person exist? I don't really understand. But when you type in PewDiePie apology, it's like Variety, Rolling Stone, like yeah. Washington Post, Business Insider, like all these major, major outlets are covering this fucker. And like, I, I don't understand it, but I just know that somewhere we took a wrong turn when we're talking about like one gamer saying the N-word and like it being like net international news. What I, I think it's a larger... About the power of the artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're really talking about the, the intention of the artist here today. Uh, 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 I was going to say, one of the things I think is like, larger uh, and weird about this is that like youtube is owned by google youtube like profits directly from pewdiepie having popular videos like what is it about like the youtube platform that like insulates google from any kind of you know campaigns that would get someone off the air for this like it's this very weird thing that like youtube is happy to just like wipe its hands and be like we don't give a shit if this guy is like an actual nazi uh and we're making money by selling pre-rolls on that so i don't know i think that people should probably be complaining more to google about this and to youtube uh about how they profit off of this guy saying the N-word. Oh, man, this is depressing, thinking about complaining to either of those giant faceless <laughs> entities that watch I mean, yeah. your entire life. <laughs> it just is interesting because it's like, you know, Leslie, you talk about all these variety interviews and all this kind of stuff, but none of them, like, have anything to do, have anything to say about, like, YouTube responded in this way or, like, you know, we asked the executives at Google about this. Like, it just is all about, like, PewDiePie apologizes or whatever. They can keep run- running scion pre pre-rolls on him squealing over some indie game uh yeah we talked to uh google about the issues with pewdiepie and they are rescinding his beanbag chair <laughs> you, you know, i mean that's a huge that's a huge blow to him you'll be gaming from a standing desk but you know i did read some comments from like the initial reaction from like you know gamers who are like youtube gamers and like they were trying to defend PewDiePie obviously say, oh, he just says the one word messed up. But like the people who were pushing back, they weren't pushing back on behalf of black people. They were pushing back on behalf of other gamers and YouTubers because they blame PewDiePie and his racism and the bullshit he gets into for the demonetization that's been happening like all over across YouTube. Like him being publicly racist might not affect him monetarily, but it's made, you know, given Google an excuse to not basically not pay other streamers for their work by saying oh well advertisers don't want to be associated with gamers because pewdiepie is racist so um fuck you you don't get to make any money anymore we're still going to run ads over your video you just don't get paid for it i mean it's the same continuation of the entire pyramid structural of capitalism where whoever gets on top first continues to be on top and stays on top because they do south park voices and say the n-word sometimes (laughs) I mean, that's the other thing with PewDiePie, and again, why I would point the finger toward Google, is because this was like a, you know, uh, fuck, uh, uh, I can't think of, this was like a symbiotic relationship. Like, YouTube needed a star gamer, and PewDiePie was just like the first guy doing it and getting any kind of following at all. Like, YouTube is just as complicit in PewDiePie being as popular as he is today. Like, they make choices about what videos to feature on the main page and, like, whose videos, you know, get pushed up in the algorithm and everything like that. Like, let's not make no mistake here. Like, Google made a choice here, and it was PewDiePie. He's their guy. There's something, I mean, this is such like an ominous conversation, but there's something so special about getting to hear the sentence complicit in PewDiePie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I can't we all bear a, a portion of, of the responsibility of PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> then PewDiePie came. Twas the, <laughs> the end. Um, I just hope this isn't like a big splintering moment for gamers. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, Vulnerable groups like gamers. (laughs) We don't need this bullshit pulling us apart. We we need to be together. We don't need to get split on whether or not it's okay for a millionaire Swedish person to say the N-word. Sure, first they come for PewDiePie, but then what about Day 9? What about (laughs) Purge Gaming? (laughs) How are you going to learn how to play Rubik when when the race is turned on you? Like, and, And one comment that I saw from other gamers was like, well, 
PewDiePie actually kind of sucks at the game, so he there was no reason for him to even be upset except for at, at himself for being uh, shitty at the game. So we we also need to stop rewarding bad gamers um, with yes. these positions. Like it doesn't matter if it's uh, a racist Nazi PewDiePie or like a woke liberal guy who works at Polygon. Like we need to clamp down on how sh- on shitty gamers getting platformed. <laughs> Like I'm Leslie, I love that you <laughs> I love that you found a way to connect Pootie by saying the N-word to like that polygon guy being bad at Cuphead. Like, it's just as bad. In some ways, he has no rights. <laughs> Don't broadcast your lack of innovation onto the rest of the gaming public. <laughs> that is really, really funny. Um I agree with you. It's just as bad. In fact, the polygon thing is worse. <laughs> and, and, Jack, and Jack, we're gonna have to talk off air about this, but you have been talking in the Discord chat about you know playing games on easy mode, and like I feel like it's struggle session, guys. Like we 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 gotta at least do normal. We gotta at least do normal. Okay, I I, I am typically a normal guy. I just I, I I don't like to shame people over choosing easy if you've got not a lot of time or whatever. But I am very often a wait, normal what guy. What do people so, have you know. to do besides game? Like what? What do you mean? You don't have time. Like what? You, what are you doing? Raising your family, spending time with your kids? No, no. We have to be respectful to gamer Americans who aren't quite as dedicated to the cause as us. No, we don't. No, we don't. Okay. My fair only enough. family is Dante and the various vampire women he sleeps with. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> like you, you, there's no such thing as devil may cry on easy mode. No, you gotta be. You gotta get in there. Like Dark Souls is it's my like game. normal or demon hunter. I think the <laughs> <laughs> uh, difficulties. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think of the last game I played on easy mode. I think it was probably just like a shooter that I wanted to like not think at all about and like blaze through. I actually remember I started the new Doom on easy mode and then I was like, oh. This is worth being on a harder mode and switched up. Oh, I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I'm probably that game is actually kind of like it has some sections that are like pretty tricky. Like you gotta be kind of good to even uh, pass on normal. Of course, there are people who can do it on like fucking easy, super ultra hard mode um, without losing a life or whatever. Like I, I'm not so hardcore that I do like the mode where like if you get shot one time you have to start the whole game over and it, in fact it erases your same oh the the roguelike yeah, and, and it deletes it from your hard drive and you have to buy it again i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> i never i never hey so let so me ask you a question we were talking about how pootie is not good at games and that is one of the bigger problems um if someone was able to play doom on the like you know only one life mode uh and they were able to like get through it all you, you, would they be allowed yes, to say the yes, n-word they're, they, they, okay. you, you get one one. You get one. You, you, you get one. If you finish, if you finish a speed run, you get one. That's what <laughs> if you read the card, it's very explicit about the rules on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, did you play the new Doom at all? Or do you play I the new game, you gamer? The Doom. Uh, so here's, I'm very into games, but I'm also an addict, and uh, due to my biology, I start playing blizzard games and then never stop playing blizzard games gotcha uh you should try cocaine (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i'm looking to do that once i make friends that's the first thing on my agenda so like i i i I, so overwatch is like the game right now and has been for about a year probably so like i played it a little bit but i can't really get into it or those style of like just the online only shooter like i need like a overarching like you know mythos a story like i got really into kill zone and the last of us online because like there was a robust single player with a full story but from what i understand the story of overwatch is there are a bunch of characters that you probably want to have sex with and that's basically it. yeah it it is kind of weird. It's like this is like uh, it's like if a deviant art uh, went and killed each other. Uh, the the story of the game is you join a clan and then slowly devolve away from having a social life or like. <laughs> I mean, I, I look. I 
Overwatch to me, I like Overwatch. I haven't played it in a little while. It just gets a little tiresome. And to be honest with you, this is part of what I like about it. But I'll also say part of what I don't like about it is it's like too colorful and friendly. Like it feels too Disney or something for me. Like it, it kind of like uh, annoys me a little bit. They make beautiful design decisions in the game. I mean, all the parts you hate, like the fact the enemy is always red, is just yeah. such simple, elegant... Uh, choices in terms of you'll never be this way the player will never be confused you'll always know where you're going you'll always know you can't hide anywhere you're glowing red Um, (laughs) blizzard is very good i mean blizzard they they are some of the best they make the cleanest material that just goes straight to the dome (laughs) you know like uh, this is like the good good shit they're like the heisenberg of uh gaming (laughs) they perfected the genre like overwatch is a compromise for me to not play mobas anymore so i leave the house sometimes (laughs) yeah did you which mobas did you get into i played dota 2 towards the end of college that's uh, hardcore. That's really hardcore. It was me branching out from playing StarCraft 2 by myself every day <laughs> <laughs> for like, I think, two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is, I, it's such a fun adventure to look back at because I felt so busy at the time, but it'd be like, I didn't technically talk to anyone today. <laughs> I just learned builds from Korea. <laughs> Um, that's awesome like like I, i've never been that type of gamer that like gets one game and just sticks with it aside from you know not being able to afford another game like i always w- i would much rather like have like 10 single player games that i can get cheap and then like speed through them because i always feel i want games that like end at some point like i like i i don't really get into like like uh, jack was asking me like about destiny 2 and like if we all should you know do it like J- jack and jdb are down but like i'm not interested in it at all because like i don't feel like that is a game that i can fin- have a satisfactory into i much rather play like the new you know uh shadow of war uh war um lord of the rings game because like i i I, like even if i might dump just as much time into it i know that there's an end point and i can just say goodbye to that game and be done with it and move on it's a big decision do you want to join this campaign do you want it's like having a child you have to be sure you're ready (laughs) i i leslie i i think that i i totally get where you're coming from uh i just do both and i end up uh with with not having (laughs) a fucking time to do anything else (laughs) like i totally love single player games and a lot of times it's all i want to play but uh i also i want to play league all the time (laughs) He's known as the man who has it all. <laughs> who oh, has it all have weird, by having nothing. I have a weird back and forth with League because I played it a little bit before I got into Dota. But then um, just like a year or two, I found out that one of my best friends from like middle school and elementary school who I hadn't seen in a very long time is now like a very popular League of Legends broadcaster. Really? And he's like made League of Legends his livelihood. Oh, shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, there's a part of me that's like that stupid, but the rest of it's like, you're living the dream. <laughs> I mean, we all want it. I mean, I, I would give it all up. <laughs> if, <laughs> if a talent scout walked in that door right now and they're like, listen, kid, we've seen you playing Caitlyn. That would give it all up. On AD carries. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Uh, what else? So let's uh, so uh, let's get into the uh, our last segment. So anime, all right. So we haven't talked about anime on struggle session yet, but I think I'll, all of us are you know fans of anime. I'm more like an old school like you know gore uh, type anime, like you know Berserk or the sci fi action type stuff, like you know Ghost in the Shell, uh, Demon Sea, all that X, like all that good old school good shit i'm not too much in the new stuff i feel like it's mostly just you know guys hanging out at maid cafes which you know i lived in japan for four years <laughs> I saw that. hey what's the problem I with saw that? It, i saw it in person it was, it's not that exciting <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot you know, of i visited japan and i went to a maid cafe <laughs> oh how was it uh 
Uh, it was really weird, but I'll tell you what the like the the sun the chocolate Sunday was really good. They have really good dessert there. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, which it's so funny. Like, because when you're walking down Akihabara or Shinjuku, like you have all these girls and they're so sweet. Like, they're all like high school students. Like, like they're so nice and they're just begging you to come into like their little dinky cafe so you can pay like five dollars <laughs> plus fifteen dollars per thirty minutes for like a cho- a cup of hot chocolate or whatever. Like, I, I always feel. Bit, yeah. Like I always feel a little bit sorry for them. Like I know some of my students I actually, you know, did that. Like I like those and they ha- and they always look and like most people just are, ignore them entirely. Like it's so sad. Like it's seeing a cute girl being in, ignored by them by like thousands of people within a second. It kind of fucks with your head cuz it's usually like the like the opposite of what, you know, happens in real life, right? You know, it's easy to look down on these people, but at the end of the day, who's spending a wonderful afternoon around these beautiful maids? <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite phenomenon in anime is uh, the series of program that is just, uh, we saw Three's Company, and it's a lot like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. There's a, there's a whole genre of like, this is just an American show, but also there's a talking cat. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like in Japan, there's most a of them. Cat and you were not. <laughs> but I feel like Sorry. in Japan, most of those shows, they're also cousins, too. It's true. It's extra <laughs> forbidden. <laughs> and there's like an alternate origin where they're in space, but it's the same show. At this point, I'm just talking about Tenchi Muyo, I think. But there's some good stuff out there. <laughs> so, so, Alex, do you do watch current anime still? I really don't. Um, I mean, that's why the Ballin' Out Super podcast has been such an adventure for me. Because, you know, I, I like I keep up with the popular ones. Like, Attack on Titan, I love. And I'll watch, like, a cool movie if it comes out sometimes. Like, uh, uh, like I watched these Dragon Ball movies before they decided to make them a show. But... Yes. Uh, Watching specifically the Dragon Ball show is such like this sad postmodern effort at just like bringing the band back together (laughs) (laughs) that I really don't know how to feel about it. Like they don't know who the show's for. Like sometimes the dragon they summon is funny. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, that was really, yeah, uh, I do remember exactly the episode you're talking about uh, when Shenron was like kind of, and they like, they were like, why don't you get out of here, Shenron, or whatever. And he was like, aw. They have more episodes that are just like, what if Vegeta was on vacation? You ever yeah, there's so, there are so many episodes that are just like like Bulma hanging out on the beach. Yeah, and also they've just made Bulma Elon Musk. They've solidified <laughs> her identity. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. I kind of like Dragon Ball Super. Like, I think it maybe is like hitting that very specific thing for me, uh, uh, you know, of that I do like Dragon Ball a lot. And it's like so easy to watch. Like, it is just, it'll just like, I put on Dragon Ball Super and then I'm like, oh, it's now seven hours later. And I like watched (laughs) an entire, I watched like 19 episodes of like evil or like, you know, opposite universe Frieza (laughs) fighting Goku. (laughs) That comes out of uh, sleep in a cold sweat. What color? is my hair <laughs> which dimension uh, am i in? um uh, uh what was i gonna say well oh, i'll say like uh, um i was never i never got past like the original series of dragon ball like goku going on an adventure to find a dragon ball that was like my shit that that might have been besides sailor moon the first like anime like i saw it used to come on at like 5 30 a.m on syndication i would wake up before school to watch that shit but then when dragon ball z hit like i didn't understand it anymore it was like it was just like five it would just be like people standing around for like four episodes uh before they fight each other like i did not get it at all so i i kind of oh well you see leslie they're charging up (laughs) they have to they have to do that you know like how we recorded in 45 minutes before we got to the anime part (laughs) dragon ball is amazing like the original dragon ball is so charming uh you know uh, uh and and has it and has like so much uh humor to it uh which is a little bit unexpected if, if you the first you saw was dragon ball z um and yeah akira toriyama is like i think one of the, like the world's best uh character designers true unless uh you are any kind of black or brown person uh, uh, he has one specific uh, design he's working on (laughs) (laughs) 
although although Mr. Popo, you know, uh, I, not not to get too pootie pie on you, Mr. Popo is not a black guy. Is he a person? What is he? What? Mr. Popo is like a weird, like elemental, like uh, servant. <laughs> no, he's definitely he's mystical, but he's also a servant. Yeah, I'm like he's not a black guy. He's just like a like black character with red lips who's a slave. Um, <laughs> like this reminds me. The I best used to, part I, about the dragon. The best part about the entire Dragon Ball phenomenon is in America. It's Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, and seventeen movies, and they all seem like different shows but in japan it's just dragon ball so it's like if a show you were watching started about like fun kids going to steal something from dinosaurs ended up just being like fights for your life in the future against the androids It's like if, like, Rugrats continued, it's like if Rugrats continued and now Tommy was, like, in, like, cage matches. (laughs) Right, it's like a darker (laughs) all grown up. I've always said that. (laughs) Um, But Dragon Ball Super has this very interesting element to it. I mean, I also love watching the show. That's why I have the podcast. Even though I make fun of it all the time, it's because it's my boy and I want it to go better. But um, the the thing that sticks with me about it is they try to clarify a lot of questions you have watching Dragon Ball Z. And so, but the issue is there are questions no one was asking. Like, (laughs) what does Goku do for work? And then you have to watch him subsistence farm for three episodes (laughs) and he's like asleep on a tractor and it drives his child off a cliff and you're like ha ha goku uh there's just like it's it's like a really end of history ideology uh world that's very bleak at the same time as being very shiny because it shows you that the universe is limitless and ever expansive but it's all just the same shit we already know dogs are people but they're the president it's just we still have presidents there's a king of space there's police in space they don't have a union so they don't get days off (laughs) (laughs) it's like a really bleak backdrop to this fucking cartoon show where you just where you're like i just wanted to watch shirtless dudes go at it i don't know why you had to add this in yeah now we we have basically this is a show that now has gotten into you know like you said uh uh, interstellar police unions and it started from a place of like a little boy punching a dinosaur (laughs) and sometimes they try to throw that in you're like no 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 we're past punching the dinosaur (laughs) you can't just pretend we're still punching the dinosaur it's like every once in a while, yeah, like they'll show a dinosaur and I'm like, oh yeah, like dinosaurs just exist in the Dragon Ball world. <laughs> like, on top of all this shit. Yeah, on top of like the pink man who showed up and threatened to like eat the whole universe, also like dinosaurs are just there still. Right. It's a long argument for creationism. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gets the point across. Uh, I guess I feel about Dragon Ball Super the same way that I do about the Star Wars prequels, which is that, like, yeah, they're not as good, but they're, like, what happened. Like, I just want to know what happened to Goku. It, it counts. It's in canon. Like, I know it's not that good, but I got to I gotta see what happens to him. <laughs> he's, he's part of me. I have to see how this ends. Uh, so there's that whole setting element to it, and then there's also just the basic ideology of the power fantasy genre, which is... Uh, People are fighting to the death, and as they get more pure, they become more blonde. (laughs) Uh, The only women in the show are nagging them or telling them not to fight for the world. Yeah, I mean, Goku's relationship with Chi-Chi is, to be quite honest, problematic. Uh, (laughs) But aren't the women like like ten times smarter than all the guys, though? Well, I mean, I mean, Bulma is like, like uh, Alex was saying, is like Elon Musk just can invent anything out of, you know, just she, her, her power Bulma is that she can invent anything. 
But look at like Gohan's wife used to have a character where she was like a punk girl in the streets. And now they've just been like, then she got married and read a damn book for once. <laughs> yeah, they really punked. They really punked out Gohan in this series. Oh, dude, like, Gohan whoa, is whoa. so cucked now. <laughs> yeah, <Gohan. laughs> All he does is carry vague, large uh, gift baskets around and work at the academy or whatever he does and then get beat up by Frieza. Let, let's make a note to title the episode, Gohan is so cucked. <laughs> the cucking of Gohan. Don't support, don't support <laughs> cucked Gohans. Um, uh, so man. I, what other animes are there? I mean, the only it's hard to keep up with anime because I'm like not in the culture of people who watch anime. I'm farther away from it than I was in middle school or high school when it was already kind of, you know, taboo. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been watching a little bit, and um, mostly it, it does feel like it's taboo. <laughs> like, you know, like it, almost every anime that I watch, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go on record publicly uh, supporting this anime. <laughs> My secret pleasure. <laughs> well, it's, that's a really weird thing, because I watch anime, I enjoy it, but I don't, I've never felt like the at like an anime fan like the stereo the stereotype because there are a lot of stereotypes about who anime fans are and what they're into but it's like left we need like besides creating a a lane for leftist gamers we need to create a lane for leftist anime fans who are just like normal adults who just like watching you know stuff that happened tv shows that happen to be drawn by japanese people every so often like or they need a community where they can fight for the living wage and also each other for no reason yes <laughs> i i was gonna say uh, uh, um it seems like the right has made space for anime yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I never read Kill All Normies, but I have heard nine podcasts about it. So <laughs> my takeaway of that was, you know, these people feel safe uh, with Nazis and shit because they're incredibly isolated and the right makes space for them to essentially accept their weird anime shit. And if you try to come at any kind of like book reading person on the left, they're like, stop it. <laughs> Step one, stop watching Berserk, then oh, read uh -oh. Marx. No, I will do both. I, you will never take Berserk from me. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I've seen your emails, and I will not stop reading them. Oh, wait. Wrap it up. Hopefully Stay in it. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, on, on, on that note of uh, new and exciting racisms, uh, <laughs> we bid you adieu. <laughs> uh, Alex Patak, 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 right? It means bird. Patak, very funny guy. Um, doing a, a whole lot of podcasts uh, uh, for my very specific interest set. Um, check him out. What's your what's your web What's your website, Alex? Uh, this is going to be difficult to follow, but it is alexpatak.com. So <laughs> okay. eight letters, uh, Alex, and then P T A K. I put all my shows on there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes, which is just jokes, and usually they're dumb as hell. So like, I'm sorry about wait, that, but that's what. Wait, it Alex, is. I have to stop you right there. Okay, so we we've talked about on the show like pre you know 2015 like twitter was just like comedians telling extremely problematic and racist jokes to like their, hundred, their hundred followers and you are continuing this you know <laughs> yeah every word of that is true uh if something seems like i uh made someone mad i will delete it as soon as i can <laughs> please don't look into anything i said before 2015 uh i'm sorry just doing google right the thing to always the thing to always do if you want to get someone in trouble is just search their twitter for the word asian and look for anything <laughs> from before 2012 um all right guys uh well this has been fun uh let's all go search alex's twitter all right don't do that thank you so much for having <laughs> me thank you so much for coming <laughs> on invited on to my show yeah. yeah thanks so much for having me guys
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Struggle Session. Uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. If you'd like to shoot us an email, hit us up at thestrugglesession at gmail.com. We are at strugglesession.us. If you'd like to check out our Tumblr, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, not me, but us in general, check out at Struggle Sesh, S-E-S-H. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.